Hello, friends. Thank you for tuning in to our weekly podcast from First United Methodist Church of Murfreesboro, Tennessee. I'm Drew Shelley, one of the pastors here. It is our hope and prayer that the message you hear today will help you connect deeply with the love of God we know in Jesus. Also, we'd love to connect with you so that we can share life and faith together. If you'd like more information about this church family, or if you want us to contact you, you can visit our website, fumcm.org, or you can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, at FUMC Borough. If you're looking for a place to belong, we have that place for you in one of our classes or small groups, as a part of one of our mission teams, or in either our modern or traditional worship services, which both meet at 1015 on Sunday mornings. First United Methodist Church is a warm and welcoming community of people committed to the idea of growing disciples of Jesus Christ who know Him, love Him, and serve Him for the transformation of Murfreesboro and the world. We hope this week's message helps you in your own personal journey towards knowing, loving, and serving Jesus in your life. I understand our uh, youth girls retreat folks have returned from their trip. Are y'all in the back? Yay, what a crew. My goodness, we've been praying for y'all. You look so uh, refreshed and rested. No, maybe not. Okay. You look like you've had a really good time. We'll leave it at that. And uh, we're glad that you're back safely. Glad to have you in worship this morning. Our gospel lesson is from Matthew's gospel, chapter 17, verses 1 through 9. Let us hear the word of God. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three dwellings here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While Peter was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud a voice said, This is my son, the beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, They fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up and do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, Tell no one about the vision until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The Transfiguration of Jesus. It's Transfiguration Sunday. That's why I wore my gold tie. Can't you tell? Does that help at all, Miss Tammy, to wear a gold tie on Transfiguration Sunday? Uh, It is a Sunday that is a high and holy moment in the Christian church all over the world. There are Christian people gathered to worship today celebrating Transfiguration Sunday. We're remembering this moment that we find in Matthew 17, also in Luke's gospel. It's such a critical 
time in the life of Jesus, and yet we don't know exactly what it means. Somehow, Jesus looked like Moses when he saw God, and they had to put that veil over his face. You remember that story? But there's no, there's no veil here. And Jesus wasn't alone either. He took Peter, James, and John, three partially employed fishermen, upon which he would build his church. They are praying, and Jesus' face is suddenly filled with brilliant light. His clothes become sparkling white. Peter, James, and John see Moses and Elijah. How did they know that was Moses and Elijah? They did not have Facebook to stalk around and see if you could connect names with faces. They couldn't do that. They are astounded by what they have seen, the the law and the prophets talking there with Jesus about about what's getting ready to happen in Jerusalem, suffering, pain, betrayal, death, and new beginning, new beginning. Peter always has something to say. He says, Lord, it is good for us to be here. Why don't we make three little markers to commemorate this thing that has taken place? We could pile up some rocks. We could buy a nice thing and put it there. We could put a plaque on this spot in 33 AD. The plaque could say exactly what happened here. If the three of you could just scoot together, please, Moses, Elijah, and God, could you just scoot together? James will make a photo with his iPhone. And then he can send it to all of his friends, and we can sit and look and think about what it means. What it means that the glory and presence of God are spilling out of Jesus. We could think about that and look at it and remember. Then they saw Moses and Elijah rising up. The the do right, the do right and the love each other, twisting together into a mysterious unity, leaving Jesus, who now bears within himself the, the fullness of this thing, that God is doing in the world, transfiguration. The very normal, earthy humanity of Jesus, the person, infused, changed, filled with the divine, the true presence of God. Transfiguration, beautiful, beautiful. Have you ever been transfigured, maybe at some mountaintop moment of life? Do you remember being transfigured, maybe at McDonald's on Memorial. (laughs) Then come the clouds. The clouds come in. The boys are overshadowed, surrounded, covered up. The whole scene is disfigured. Sometimes we get disfigured, don't we? It might look worse than it is, and it might be worse than it looks. We don't know. We can't tell because we are disfigured. Disfigured sometimes comes after transfigured. We just want to say, Jesus, can we go back to transfigured? Can we go back to that place and just look at the picture that we made on James's iPhone? Or could we just review the plaque that we put up in that holy place so that we could remember forever what happened here? Maybe we could do that, Jesus. No, no, you cannot do that because the voice comes. Did you hear the voice? God, God speaks This is my son, the beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. 
the cloud lifts. Jesus is there in his normal state. Dusty feet, wrinkled robe, and the jelly stain from breakfast still on his shirt. Peter, James, and John come out from behind the rock, ready to listen to Jesus. To which Jesus do we listen? Is it the one who says, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off? Is it the one who says it is impossible for a rich person to get into heaven and then in the next breath, but with, all, with God all things are possible? Is it the one who says constantly, constantly, turn away from the world, turn away from the world, repent, change to the good, for the kingdom of heaven is here? Is it the one who says, love your enemies, love your enemies, and pray for those who persecute you? We should read that before presidential debates, I think. Is it the one who speaks out of frustration when he is confronted with his disciples' failure, their failure to set a child free from captivity at the foot of this mountain? He has to say, you troublesome children, must I do everything for you? Is it the one who says to his beloved friend, Peter, get thee behind me, Satan? (laughs) who says to Peter, the rock upon which he builds his church, you will betray me three times before the morning comes. And then in a twist, three times of forgiveness, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Tend my lambs. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord. Oh, my goodness, you know all things. You know that I love you. Well, then feed my sheep. Do we listen to to that one? Do we listen to the one who says how many times to forgive my enemy? Not just the first seven times, but 70 times seven. In other words, just keep forgiving until it works. How about that? Just keep forgiving until it works. What about the one who says, For God so loved all who did not love God, that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world, the whole world, might be saved through him. This is my Son, the Beloved. Listen to him. The one who says so many things that hurt, that convict, go sell all you have, give the money to the poor, come follow me. (laughs) Ouch, that hurts. Do we listen when he says, I must suffer many things and be rejected by the religious people, be rejected by the religious people and be killed and on the third day be raised. If any would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and come and follow me. Do we listen to Jesus who has nothing, nothing but words of grace and hope for sinners and nothing but words of condemnation? for the hyper-religious always laying up heavy burdens on the people. Do we listen to Jesus who says, how about we get the log out of your eye before we try and get the speck out of your neighbor's eye? How about we do that first? Do we listen to the Jesus who tells that story about the woman caught in the very act of adultery? Do you remember that story, the woman caught in the very act? They drug her off of the bed and into the street. 
a gaggle of men stood round this unrepentant sinner wrapped in a see-through negligee, stones raised, ready to enforce the law of Moses, not hearing, not hearing the cry of the prophets to love thy neighbor. They say to Jesus, what do you say, teacher, what do you say? Jesus says, what do I say? You probably don't want to know what I say. I say, let he who is without sin cast the first stone, one by one, from the oldest to the youngest. They drop their death-dealing ways and slip out of the judgment seat that was never theirs to sit in. Jesus says to the sinners, believing the best about us until it becomes true, people, people who condemns you, no one, sir. Well, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. To which Jesus do we listen? Well, there's only one. Only one. The one transfigured on the mountain. The one who blends together doing right with love of God and neighbor in a way of life that is sparkling, shining, overflowing with love that believes the best about each other until it becomes true, not because it is already true. No need to put a plaque there. You are the plaque, and the whole world can read what is written on your heart. Let's pray together. Oh God, we thank you for this Transfiguration Sunday. We thank you that Jesus was caught up in your life and that Jesus catches us up in that same life, filling us with hope and love, with grace toward each other, with forgiveness, with hope, with life. Help us to listen, to listen deeply to what he says to us. In every moment of life, we thank you that though this is a hard journey, you walk it with us with hope, with love, and even with laughter. We pray all of this in the name of your Son, Jesus, the one who is, who was, who will always be transfigured in our lives. Amen.